This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. In good times and not so good times, it's important to think about what keeps us well. It's about noticing the beauty around us, finding strength and support we've all given and received, and sharing our experiences through conversation. We all have mental health. Let's improve it together. Welcome to Living Well. Take time to kōrero. In this podcast series, people share their ideas about practical, everyday things you can do to support your well-being and build connections with others. Thanks to the Otago Mental Health Support Trust, Weave Together, ORFM Dunedin and the Lion Foundation for making this podcast possible. My name is Adrian Buckingham. I'm a school teacher and a mother to three girls. Um, and mostly I spend time parenting um, and teaching. And uh, my other major commitment in my life is my friends. I've been really interested in well-being um, my whole life. And a lot of it has to do with, of course, my own well-being um, and wanting to enjoy my life and understand um what makes me tick, but what makes other people tick and what makes life worthwhile. Um, I was a Navy kid, so I moved around a lot. Every couple of years, I kept changing schools and um, I was a really shy kid. And what I worked out very early is that I needed people wherever I went. I, I needed people. So I got very good at getting out of myself and finding people where I needed to. And for me, I now know as an academic that the number one predictor for well-being across a lifespan is relationships. But I know that also for myself, that if uh, my people and my relationships with people are well, then I am well. So I love being outside. I love going outside when the weather is good, which is tricky in Dunedin. <laughs> but um, it's really hard when you're having a rough day, when um, things have been dark and dreary for months. The idea of going outside maybe doesn't appeal. Um, and I know they say that there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. But there are some days you just want to curl up in a ball by the fire rather than go face the elements because it just seems too hard. So one of my major well-being strategies is that I have a scheduled walk with a friend. I have an accountability buddy for well-being, um, and we've been doing this for years. We meet on a Saturday morning at 8 a.m. at the Shark Bell. And uh, this works really well for me because I'm a morning person. This works really terribly for my friend because she is not a morning person. But for her, it's about setting up her weekend and, and starting things strong. For me, we started when I had very young children. So I was waking up at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. And I would be hanging out for that 8 o'clock adult time, break out from the kids. Um, and it wasn't enough just to it was I mean, that was it. That's so much of it. But it was actually lots of the dimensions of five ways to well-being. And it developed over years. Initially, my friend and I started walking and talking. The walk and talk was that was the main event. But it developed over years, and it became about seeing the people that we know um, and the other familiar walkers on a Saturday morning down at the Shark Bell at St. Clair. 
my favorite place to go initially is to round a second beach, um, which is, you know, my hidden little secret that everybody knows about just behind Long Dog Beach and watching the surfers. My other place is I always go to the other end of the Esplanade and go see Mama Seal. And Mum, that, that sculpture of Mama Seal uh, is important for me because I don't get to see my mother much. She lives overseas. And I look out at the ocean and I look at the Pacific Ocean and I think, wow. I was born on the other side of that ocean. Um, my people, my family are still on the other side of that ocean. Um, and that inspires a great sense of awe in me. So I guess that's really the spiritual dimension. It's a connection to the world as a larger globe, as humanity stretched across um, all the continents, um, that, that so many of us here in Dunedin have traveled so far. Um, it's so funny that we're here, isn't it? And I just think that taking the time to think about that and acknowledge where I've come from and where we've all come from and, and just that big question, where are we all going, um, is really important, particularly uh, with a friend by your side. And my friend who I meet every Saturday morning for these walks, um, it's a standing date. And we agreed that, you know, wind, rain, hail, we generally make it. Every once in a while, one of us will text and go, let's give ourselves a day off. But we also decided that it would be a safe space, that if ever we had a falling out, it would always be a standing date. We could always come find each other if we needed to. And luckily, we've never had to do the emergency measures on that so far. I think learning how to be really honest with someone about how you feel and what you need is one of the healthiest things you can do in terms of figuring out who you are and how to relate to the people around you. But you need to find that safe person or safe people, the people that um, are going to love you, even if you say something uncomfortable. Um, but we don't know who those people are until we take a risk. We have to put our toe in. We have to say something that is a little bit uncomfortable sometimes. I'm a big fan of like a strategic overshare with a new person. Um, say something and you go, okay, well, how uncomfortable is this person with this extra bit of information. And that's a really good measure about whether or not this is a person who you can confide in in the future or whether they sort of gloss over it and don't want to know anymore. Um, because there's different types of talking with people. I think being really heard and listened to is the most important thing in the world. Um, but there's lots of different levels that can be on. That can be, hey, how are you? You look great today. It's such a beautiful sunny day. Um, and of course, it can be the much deeper stuff, the what's hurting? What are you worried about at the moment? How's it going? And those are tricky questions to ask each other. I think I'm very lucky being a woman surrounded by other women who have been really encouraged to explore what they're thinking and feeling. But I've worked for many years with men who have been encouraged the exact opposite to stay quiet, to not say anything. Um, and I think it's so important to stand in side by side, whether that's like over a barbecue or walking or lifting firewood and just going, hey, how are things actually going for you? Now, so often we say, are you okay? Which leads the person to go, yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine. It's a really different question when we say, how are you? How do you feel about this? What's been difficult? Or what did you really enjoy today? What was good about today? Because we learn so much more rather than, hey, how are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, good, mate. Fine. Move on. Um, let's start thinking about how we ask those open questions. How do you feel about this? Why are you thinking about that? 
Here's another mindful minute. Like it or not, stress is a part of life. Practice good coping skills. Do Tai Chi, exercise, take a nature walk, play with your pet, or try journal writing as a stress reducer. Also, remember to smile and see the humour in life. Research shows that laughter can boost your immune system, ease pain, and relax your body and reduce stress. I think one of the most important things around Kōrero is being honest. Um, we're not doing each other any favors by pretending things are going better than they are. Um, I had a play date with uh, one of my daughters, um, and we were inviting a, another girl over with her mom for the first time. And I was rushing around the house, sort of tidying and folding laundry and vacuuming as you do. And actually, I sort of paused and I thought, this woman has a kid my kid's age, a six-year-old, and I know she's got a three-year-old at home. Um, I'm not doing her any favors by pretending I live in a museum. And when she showed up, she looked around, and this is after I'd spent like, you know, a fair bit of energy tidying things up. And she went, oh, I'm so relieved that, you know, this house is also lived in. And I just thought, wow, and this was after I put some effort in for you. But it, it's what I meant to do. It, I thought there's no point in pretending I'm not human. And we are both mothers of young children and we're busy and we're running around. And actually, if you're in my house, if you're in my space, then actually I trust you enough to know that things aren't going to be perfect here. Um, and it's no reflection on, you know, me as a mother or a housekeeper or what I think of you. It's just this is my real life. This is how things are actually going. And I think that we can show each other physically all the time, like the state of our desks or the state of our houses or whatever. But we can also say it to each other when somebody goes, actually, how was lockdown for you? And I go, it was a roller coaster, man. It was highs and it was lows. Um, and people go, how are you going at the moment? Um, and I go, some days are better than others. Today's a good day. Yesterday wasn't. And this sort of honesty, I think, is so important because we get really isolated when we think we're the only ones struggling. And I don't know anyone who's not got something on at the moment. I have not sat in a room with anyone who didn't have um, a loss that they were dealing with or an illness. And, and we actually start talking about this and being honest about it. It gives each other permission to also be honest about what's going on. So I think some non-judgmental asking and listening is pretty useful. I was talking about honesty and being honest and finding people you can be honest with. And absolutely, friends and family are important. But also what is really worth considering and should never be underestimated is talking to a professional, a counselor, a psychologist, a medical professional, whatever you want to go. I'm a big fan of EAP services, mostly because it's free. Um, and I've gone to see a counselor several times for a range of reasons. Um, when I was separating in my marriage, I saw a counselor. When I was overwhelmed in a job that I was in a several years ago, I called someone um, and made sure I had an appointment with someone who is trained to listen. You can be fully honest with because they're not emotionally invested. And sometimes when things are going on, even the people who love us most, especially the people who love us most, are affected emotionally by what we are experiencing and are going through. So it's quite nice to talk to somebody who is unbiased and doesn't have any skin in the game. Here's another mindful minute. Deep breathing. When tense, we often breathe from the upper chest. A full, deep breath helps relieve tension. 
Take a deep breath, letting your abdomen expand fully. Hold it for about three seconds. Let your breath out all at once, with a sigh if you want. As you exhale, relax your jaw and shoulders. Think calm. I was in the public bathrooms up at Roslyn, the ones across the street from Fresh Choice, and I went in, and there was a woman crying at the sink. And there were options. I could have turned around and left, or I could have just gone to the bathroom, which I think I probably did. But then afterwards, I said, are you okay? And she just was crying. And I went, it's okay. Some days are better than others. And she said, are you sure? I said, do you want to hug? And she said, yes. And I was like, okay. I'll give you a hug. This is pre-COVID, obviously. <laughs> um, and I hugged this woman I had never met, and she cried, and I reminded her what I'd already said, which is some days are better than others. And after we'd finished hugging, she said, my husband died a few weeks ago, and I'm just really sad. And I just thought, well, yeah, of course you are. Of course you're sad. It is totally appropriate to be crying in a public bathroom after your husband's died. And I think she was feeling really apologetic and sad about it. Um, but it was a huge privilege to be told what was actually going on with someone. Um, and obviously, I'm not going to recommend you go around hugging strangers, but actually asking people if they want to hug, asking people if they want a hand to hold is a really lovely and genuine way to offer support when we don't have the words. Here's another mindful minute. Establish a routine that suits you, such as regular times for exercise, relaxation, meal times, visiting friends, waking in the morning and going to bed. Once this becomes your normal routine, it's easier to accomplish everything because it becomes a good habit. Something that works really well for me is crying. Um, and I would say two steps further, crying in public. Crying is one of the most useful self-regulation tools that exists on the planet. When we are upset, when we're stressed, when we're angry, we get really high cortisol levels. And actually, when you cry, cortisol leaks out of your eyeballs. So your body is like self-regulating, sorting out the chemical imbalances. So I am a big fan of having a big cry. And sometimes it's a good thing to do at home. But sometimes it's also really important to go out and get some fresh air and go for a walk. And a couple of weeks ago, I was walking down Forbury Road towards St. Clair, and I cried the whole way there. Um, tears were streaming down my face, and I just kept walking. And people who weren't intimidated by it made eye contact and smiled and offered, you know, support. People who were really uncomfortable just, you know, avoided eye contact and kept walking. And when I got to the crosswalk, the crosswalk that goes between um, the little spa there and Salt, the bar on the corner, um, there was a blue van. And a blue van stopped and sort of waved me across, even though it's not a zebra crossing. And I said, thank you, and waved. And he saw that I was crying. And he said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay. And he's like, are you sure? I said, yeah, no, I'm just getting divorced, but I'm okay. And he said... I know you can't see this right now, but it's going to be okay. This could be a really good thing for you. Congratulations. Hang in there. And I put my hand to my chest and looked at this man who was driving a blue van who I had never met before and just said, thank you. And it was incredibly 
wonderful human moment to know that if I was crying out in public, somebody cared. And that even if it wasn't my friend and it wasn't my family and it wasn't the people I worked with, actually, when we are at our most human and most vulnerable, somebody wants to help. So I feel really lucky. So I just wanted to say thank you to the man in the blue van. I don't know who you are, but that was rock solid. I hope I can pay it forward one day. So that's a few of the things that helped me. Really reliant on relationships with other people. Uh, not because I'm weak, but because I'm a human being. Um, connection is my number one driver in my life. It's what I do everything for. And a sense of connection and community, um, especially in a great little city like Dunedin, um, feels like such a gift. So thank you so much um, for giving me a little audience and for giving me a fantastic community. And I hope something that I've shared today might be useful for you too. You've been listening to Living Well. Take time to court it all. If you'd like to hear more ideas about practical, everyday things you can do to support your well-being and build connections with others, check out more podcasts in this series from oar.org.nz. Thanks to the Otago Mental Health Support Trust, Weave Together, ORFM Dunedin and the Lion Foundation for making this podcast possible. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.